Without Will Anderson Jr. in college football, who is the new edge one for the 2024 NFL Draft? We'll tell you next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network, as well as the host of the Locked On Clemson Podcast. And guys, thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every single day, Monday through Friday. Appreciate y'all for tapping in, being our, our biggest supporters, being our family, being our every single dayers. And as always, I cannot talk anything championship related without the champ himself, my guy, Mr. LSU. Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, in 2019 national champ with those LSU Bingo Fighting Tigers, right, man? But you know why we're here? Myself, Damian Parsons, we are here to bring you that championship-level content surrounding the NFL draft. Yes, whether that's prospects, whether that's philosophies, whether that's roster management, we go 24-7, 365. It doesn't stop over here at Locked On NFL Draft. And guess what, DP? We're in. We're deep into the scouting notebook, man, but we're finally switching sides of the football, so you know I'm excited. You know I'm a defensive guy at heart. We talked about the offensive guys, talked about those skilled players, the quarterbacks, but guess what? Now we're on to the guys that sack the quarterbacks, man. Nothing makes me happier than seeing a quarterback get sacked. That's just in my blood. It's just how I feel, DP, but we are into these edge rushes, and looking at our scouting notebook lineup, man, we have who is edge one? We have the tier two edge rushes, right? And then we have DP's favorite segment, the wake em up sleep. Leap us to no DP. Let's get this thing started, man. I'm gonna just present you with the with the first question. Who is edge number one in your opinion? It's Jared Verse from Florida State, and, and I I segued this at the end of the interior offensive line. I feel uh, like so. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I feel like you wasn't expecting it to be Jared Verse. Like I feel like when you got initially got into it, and then you walked through, and you was like. It's him. Like I, I don't feel like you walked into it knowing that he was going to be edge number one. I, I had a feeling it was. I, I had a feeling it was going to be him, but I needed to be confirmed, right? So yeah. when I watched the tape, and I'm like, all right, you know, Chop, Chop's my guy. Chop Robinson's my guy. I like JT Tuomaloa from Ohio State, but Jared versus. And I, and I said this. I said there was somebody in this class that kind of reminded me of Terrell Suggs a little bit, mm-hmm. and it was Jared Verse to me. Quick first step, strong on the edge. Can can set the edge in the run game. <clears throat> now their their weights are a little different. I think Terrell Sugg was like two sixty five in the NFL. Heavy, yeah. You know what I mean? But things that were 250, 252 somewhere there for Jared Verse. He's got a dense, uh, strong, stout build from top to bottom, well proportionate. Uh, guy that I I do think it keeps my actions. You know, ask your opinion on this. I think he can get if you if you run a four man front. I think he can get you. Uh, I think he can play with his hand in the dirt. But I do believe that more most teams may look at him more of as a three-four stand-up rusher, like outside linebacker. But I think he has the quickness, the power, the athleticism. And then I saw a rush plan with him. I saw hand usage. I saw the things that I'm gonna be completely honest. 
out of the 2023 class, there was a lot of things that was missing. You didn't see a rush plan from a lot of those guys, and you didn't see hand hand usage in terms of how to deconstruct blocks, how to soften angles one on one. You know how to play the half man technique and and, and reduce uh, the 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 balance and and, and the strength of uh, of the offensive tackle. Man, I, I saw some inside counters with him as well. I saw a guy that that truthfully he is the top of the class right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, and and, and I I kind of put that on you, right? Like as as far as like what the expectations was going in versus what reality you know might have been, right? And and I I watched Jared Verse last year, right? And you know in 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 thoughts that he was going to come out last year, but obviously he was the big guy that Florida State was able to retain, you know, and tell him come back. And then so I watched him again at the end of the season, and I had much more of appreciation for his process. And this is a guy that I believe came from, was it Albany State? Yeah, Albany. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came, came from Albany State. So you're talking about a small school player. And you're talking about this being his first year playing on this level, right? Like so his his first game, I'm sorry, they played, they started off last year playing Desquami. I think that's how you say that school, right? School, but yeah, it's yeah. his, you know, the, the second game, which was everybody else's week one, right? Because they played a week zero, but everybody else's week one game was – against LSU, right? And from the very beginning, he was an impactful player. Like, you watch that game. Like, you know, LSU's left tackle, he he did his thing with. LSU's right tackle, he did his thing with. And you had to, you, you start to realize, like, you know, when you say sometimes some things are just God-given, like that part was just God-given to him, right? Because you don't just take that step up going from playing Albany State relatively unknown, right, to playing against – you know, LSU and your top D1 programs and being that effective. But like you said, DP, I had such an appreciation for his process, his his calculated movements. Well, I've talked about this term and these two terms all the time, his functional athleticism and his functional strength, right? Like he knows yep. how to apply them. And I can even say applied athleticism and applied strength. And this was something that I just truly appreciated for Jared Verso. I, I, agree with you from the perspective of that yeah i believe that he is edge one in this class nine sacks for, for his first year playing power five football nine sacks 25 hurries and and pressures you know in, in the first two games right uh three t- three sacks six hurries and, and, and the thing about it is i feel like he had a lot he could have had double digit sacks he just didn't bring the quarterback down on at certain points where mm-hmm. he had some missed tackles in the backfield. He cleans that up. You're talking about a 12, potential 14 type of sack guy uh, playing power five football for the first time in his career. Like so, he, no. he, he's he's edge one. Yeah, I'm, and I'm I'm which, but I'm glad you brought up that part because I was about to ask you what are some of the things that he can clean up. Um, I think the breaking down to make tackles, right? Yeah. And, and and in the run game, something you you also talked about, DP. You first the Terrell Suggs comp, and then that was crazy because I I also thought of Terrell Terrell Suggs, right? You think about those heavy handed, big body guys, right? That were just consistent sack guys, and I I thought about Terrell Suggs, and then I thought about Robert Mathis. He was another one that kind of, you know, came to mind for me. Um, and they, they, their measurements probably are not exact, right? But you just think about those players stylistically, and that's two Hall of Fame players, you know, but I'm not trying to put that on Jared Verse neither, like Hall of Fame status, right? Like, um, but I, I want to ask you what, because the Kayvon Thibodeau conversation, you know, when we talked about him being a 4-3 defensive end, 3-4 outside linebacker, is that exactly how you feel about Jared Verse in the sense of the fact of, like, he can be serviceable in a 4-3, but 
but he's much better as a three, four hours. Like you would just rather him go to a, a three, four and be a three, four edge rusher. Yeah, because I think I think in the run game, right? Like like I said, I think he does a good job collapsing and leveraging gaps in the run game from the edge. But I think his best ball in terms of playing on the edge will probably be probably be a three four stand up outside linebacker. Because typically, if you go strong side, those guys bump out wider to the tight end. So he's going up against a tight end in the run game where he can. Tight ends, I mean, yes, there's a lot of good blocking tight ends in the NFL, but it's a lot easier to go up against a tight end than Lane Johnson. You know what I mean? Than, yeah. than, than, than Trent Williams at left tackle. It's a lot easier to go up against the George Kills and Travis Kelsey's in the run game than those two guys, right? So I think, you know, his that'll be his best ability because now he's in two-point stance. He's already can fire off his hands, squeeze, keep the outside, and win the outside leverage, right? And, and, and the tier running backs are coming out there, and he does have – uh, the functional athleticism, athleticism straight line to chase the ball. But like you said, just breaking down to make tackles. And I will say this. I do believe that Chop Robinson is on his heels, though. I think okay, Chop well, Robinson is on his heels. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk about it. So coming up next, DP already let the cat out of the bag, right? We're about to get into, you know, tier two. But tier two includes Chop Robinson, who DP feels is on his heels. And I may disagree. I may disagree, but we're going to talk about that conversation. So coming up next, man, we're getting into this tier two, Chop Robinson, JT Tuomolu, Jack Sawyer conversation of who is going to challenge Jared Verse. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the up-and-coming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week Austin Eckler, which running back has scored the most touchdowns combined the past two seasons? That's electric Los Angeles Chargers running back Austin Eckler, who's 38 scores since 2021 and featured receiving first role, make him a guaranteed fit for the first overall pick in 2023 foot fantasy football drafts. Eckler will see his, his usual high leverage work as a runner and remain the vocal point of the short passing game. Vinny Iyer from the Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the very first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that, that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guarantee fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Chop Robinson chops down offensive tackles. He, he chops down the, 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 the opponents, man. You know, he, he, the, I, for me, when I watched him, I saw a guy that, you know, coming from Maryland, I didn't know a lot about him, you know, transferring mm-hmm. from Maryland. And then, you know, I remember just watching, like, I would say that it's because we both, as evaluation, it, it's it's very difficult for people to just pop 
and leave a lasting impression when you're watching so many live games throughout a college football season, right? It's typically when you got getting into the tape and you're like, hey man, who's uh who's 44 and why does he keep popping up on 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 the film, right? That's when guys really take off. But for me, it was during the games when I'm sitting there watching Penn State and I'm watching Joey Porter Jr. and the guys on that defense, and I keep seeing 44. I keep seeing this edge rusher getting in the backfield. I'm like, all right. I don't watch a couple games, you know, this season. And this dude is a constant terror off the end in terms of creating pressure. And it was Chop Robinson, man. You know, and, and a guy that when you when you look at the numbers, he's 6'3", 242, 245. He, he had five sacks, nine QB hits, but he had over 30. He had 34 uh, rush uh, pressures and hurries, man. And in the game against Auburn, he was, he was such a menace back there. Seven pressures and hurries, uh, a sack in that game. And I, and this is a guy that, you know, Keith. I remember you you talked about him. I think it was a YouTube short we, you you did talking about how he could he's what Micah Parsons would have looked like playing full time edge. Yeah. And I think yeah. with, with Chop, and you you correct me if I'm wrong if you feel differently. I think Chop hasn't even reached his peak in terms of what he could be in no, terms of like still, yeah he's he's still he's extremely raw. raw and and that's even why I even made the Micah Parsons. Uh, comparison even more is because the rawness, right? Because you see some of the rawness in Michael Parsons, even though he's elite at it, right? At what he does with the Cowboys, yeah. he's still raw with it, right? Like, so if you would have placed him in that position, there would have been some growing pains with him. And you would have seen the high level flashes of this dude is a dude, right? But you would have seen some growing pains. I want to talk about it from the other side, though, DP, because, you know, I, I, I prefaced it, right? Before we even transition, I said I may disagree. And I have questions, right? I, I, I don't know if I disagree about him being a potential challenger, but I have questions because when I watched him, he, he reminded me, and I'm trying to think of a really good comp, right? Like a, a, a real world comp. And it, it was, I, I don't want to say bull in a China shop, right? But he was that that player or that, that car that had 700 horsepowers, right? And it was, sometimes it was just out of control. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like sometimes yeah. he can go forward. And then sometimes it just just off the, the like, driver didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't know what he was doing. He was just 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 going right, like just just pedal to the metal full speed, and and that kind of brought upon the conversation of instincts, right? And and it's it's instincts versus reps. And I understand that as a as a talent evaluator, that you know we're trying to decide which one is it, right? Like, okay, is it? Hey, I got everything out the way last year. Now I'm going to be much better in that department because sometimes I would even see him run plays, right? He would run himself out of the play just because mm -hmm. he's not playing with technique. What he's doing, what he's doing is is just attacking the offensive line, right? Or he's just shooting the gap. And sometimes he run himself right out of the play. And I, I remember, you know, just playing ball and then even at LSU, right? Like those type of defenders, sometimes offensive coordinators wouldn't even worry about blocking them. Right. And, yeah. and it's because they let him run himself out the play or, you know, if it was an interior defensive lineman. Right. You would just hit him with a wham player. Let them get upfield. They're going to run themselves out the way. Then boom, knock them out. Boom. There's your hole. Right. And, and, and creating run lanes. So I think that's the two things, DP, that I want to see him improve upon um, and, and, and just be more calm. But I, you just don't know. It just it seems like that's part of his personality, right? Like if we have right. to get to know Chop Robinson as a person, we're going to try every day as we promised, you know, this NFL draft season, this NFL draft entire situation, we're going to bring prospects on here, right? Because I think that's such important to get to know these guys as people. I want to bring Chop on. And I, and yeah. I want to talk to him because I want to see what type of guy is, right? Because if he's just a full speed, go with the flow, right? Like you, 
good. I think a good like how we talk about Justin Flew. Remember we talk about Justin Flew? Oh, it was like yeah. dude, take somebody's head off. Yes, and Bob with Chop Robinson, right? Like he just wants to take somebody's head off. But obviously he's productive and he's doing his thing, and, and we'll see just what type of player he is. How, how does he approach the game? But I, I really I like Chop Robinson a lot. It was just those are the things that I was like, hey, let's let's kind of highlight and concern. But DP, I'm gonna keep this conversation of tier two, right? Because we don't want to leave it just at Chop Robinson. Right. There's JT Tuomolu, right? Who we've just went through Jordan Reed's mock draft Monday, and he was in there, right? To the Denver Broncos. There's Jack Sawyer, another defensive end at Ohio State, right? Yet another one um that's sitting there. So those two guys, DP, they're in your region. I've I've gotten eyes on both of them. Who's the better one? Production has been, let's be honest, both of those guys are under five sacks, right, for the season. J2 Tuomolu had one of probably the all-time greatest <laughs> game for a defensive end. They had two interceptions, a pick six, a forced fumble, two sacks, and a batted pass that was picked off by Zach Harrison. So if you haven't watched them play that, go watch the game. It was crazy. Like he, one of the, uh, was that the Penn State game? Yeah, it was the Penn State game. Yeah, one Penn of the all-time greatest defensive performances I don't, it just was crazy how he one was man wrecking crew. Yeah, just literally a one man wrecking crew. But I want to ask you, who's the better of the two? What are you seeing them? And, and like, what, 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 what are you kind of, where are you stand with both of them? Man, J, I think JT is the better, right? Better one right now, man. Uh, I see a guy that's this athlete for two, I think it's like, let's say 270, just a little, maybe a little bit bigger. But you see the athleticism, right? Like to be able to stand up in a two-point stance, rush from a you know a three-point and four-point stance, drop off into coverage and pick off passes. Great hands for a defensive end. I'm not gonna lie, it looked like he might be able to play a little bit of tight end if they wanted him to, because he because because of, of how good his hands are. He's a really good athlete. Be able to time rushes you and edge rushers are always taught like, hey, if you can't get there, get your hands up. And he understands that where in his process of rushing. He knows, okay, quarterback's dropping back, and he's timing that just like how he did against, uh, was it Sean Clifford? When he intercepted those, you know, he intercepted and batted those passes at the line, at the line of scrimmage, just timing it, man, understanding and reading. Some, a lot of edge rushers get so enamored with, okay, I got to win my matchup. They don't even pay attention to where the quarterback is, right, because they're trying to beat the beat the blocker, which I understand that's your number one priority when uh, when you're rep versus the, the offensive tackle, but at the same time, you got to keep your eyes in the backfield, and he does a good job with that. Jack Sawyer plays with such a crazy motor like he's his he's so competitive he's strong um i think he, he does have some reps when he's in a two-point stance as well and i think he has to me I'm, i don't know i think he has a higher ceiling a little bit slightly slightly higher ceiling um in terms of we i don't think he's anywhere near what he could be like everything yeah, uh, and and even watching the Notre Dame game, they had him playing stack backer sometimes, and then he dropped in the coverage. And I, I didn't get it. You had like almost like two pit bulls, right, with Jack Sawyer and JT Tuomalu. Like I don't know if they were necessarily in the best position for their skill sets, right? As mm-hmm. far as you know, these six four, six five, two hundred and sixty pound defensive ends. And I, I get it, right? They had Zach Harrison on the field, so you got to find a way to get all of those guys. On the field, they had another guy too, number eight. I, I, he transferred though, so I, I I think both of those guys now will be full time starters with no, no nobody else interrupting their snaps. Yeah, and so that I, maybe maybe that's what it is, right? That they were just trying to get all of those guys on the field, and they had to find different ways and you know be unique in their process. But you almost want to just see them 
just put in a best situation for them and then be able to grade them off of that. Because I, I think DP, in my opinion, that that's two guys whose ceilings are through the roof. And I agree with you with the Jack Sawyer thing is that JT, you kind of see what it is more, but Jack, you feel like, okay, there may be a little bit more explosiveness there. I see the arm length. I see the movement skills. Or he, you know what I'm saying? That this guy can be a top draft pick also. So that's, that's what I wanted to ask you because those are two names um, that are very high. Now I'm going to continue. Um, I want to ask you about one other guy. I don't know if you got eyes on him because he's not even in your region. Um, and that, that's, that's led to Latu. Um, but we're hearing a lot of buzz about this kid out of UCLA that can be a flat-out bowler. Man, I, I've gotten eyes on him. I think I was watching – Maybe one of Washington's offensive linemen. I was watching some. Uh, I was watching Oregon State's offensive lineman. The, the you know the young man I talked about. The tackle. Um, yeah, the tackle. Um, and uh, yeah, I saw Latu Latu, and I'm like, okay, I see why people like this guy. <laughs> First step quickness. He he was bending around the end. Um, you know, flexible, uh, versatile. I think he had good hands in terms of understanding how to de uh you know uh deconstruct blocks and knock down and clear the punches from offensive tackles uh, with like double swipes and stuff like that, you know, to, to get around the edge. I think that th- this is one of those guys that he absolutely belongs in tier two with the Dallas Turners, the JT to to JT. I'm not, I'm tired of trying to pronounce that last name. JT. I uh, keep messing it up. Um, Jack Sawyer. I, I was going to bring uh late law to up. Cause I actually came away really impressed with what he brought to the table. I want to do a, de- a, a even deeper dive to see, how does he completely hold up against the run and, you know, you know, the full counters, the full skill set of this young man, but the flashes of what I saw. Oh yeah. This, this dude know how to get in the, he's somebody that knows how to get in the backfield and make plays, uh, you know, against uh, offensive tackles and really harass quarterbacks, man. He was, he was impressive to me. Yeah. I'm well, I'm glad to hear that. I have to get into him. I haven't, you know, I don't, I got USC. I don't have UCLA um, in my region, but definitely going to get into late too. Lot to the DP. Let's keep this thing going, man. You, you mentioned one guy, right? Dallas turn as far as sleepers to know, but they're, they're mo- we, we have to figure out who's replacing Will Anderson, right? The, the, the Terminator, the, the, that guy. So um, let's get in. We're going to come up with these sleepers to know, and, and we'll, we'll talk, you know, uh, you know, is it potentially Dallas Turner is a sleeper guy that can blow up? Are there other edge rushers on this Alabama defense in this segment? Then we also have other players um, that we're going to be unloading, guys from Washington, as in DP's region, um, and, and, and just a lot of different guys that can be um, these sleeper edge rushers that can blossom into first-round picks. It's time to wake up, family. We talk about sleepers at the edge rusher position. And, Keith, I I have one. And and this is a guy that is in the ACC over at Virginia, 24 hurries in 2022. Um, He had two forced fumbles, eight sacks. Chico Bennett Jr. First of all, that is almost an elite name. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Chico Bennett Jr. is a really good name for, for, for a player. But a guy that... Spin move, first step quickness. It looked like he had good arm length and wingspan, knowing how to use it and the long arm guys get around the edge. It's just this is a name that I have not heard a soul talk about. I have not heard anybody talk about Chico Bennett Jr. But because he's you know he, he's in the ACC in the Locked On Clemson, I gotta keep up with the other teams in, in the in, in the ACC. I gotta know who, who who talk about right. Who I need to worry about when I'm telling guys, hey man, we got Virginia on the schedule. Yeah, we got to block Chico Bennett Jr. because he can get after it, man. He 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 can he, he can be a menace back there. Transferred from Georgia Tech, and it made sense because I remember watching Georgia Tech in 2020, and I was like, 
okay, this this guy can play. And I think he missed 2021 and he transferred, you know, to Virginia. So that you talk about sleepers, man. Chico Bennett Jr. is a name that, that everybody needs to know. Productions there, physical tools there. He's listed at, I believe, six, six, four, six, five, like 250. Big tall kid, good build. Uh, I, this is this is definitely a dude that we need to keep our eyes on in 2023. Okay, I'm a Chico. I'm a, I can remember the name. Chico, that that's a name that's 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 pretty easy to remember. Um, yeah, because we watch next Friday, so we definitely know what Chico. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Florida edge rusher Princely Human. Oh yeah, I haven't um, watched him yet. Yeah, kid, kid. So he's from the state of Texas. Um, then he, he he decided to go to University of Florida. Um, you know, obviously nobody because we talked about Anthony Richardson and just talked about how bad his defense is. Uh, Princely, man, Princely, and and D- Florida's defense they run a multiple front, right? Like it's a lot of different things that they throw at you as far as different fronts. Um, a lot of odd fronts. You know, not just traditional things that you would see. And so. Princely is another one of those guys. So I would just like to see him play on the edge consistently, right? Because what you see is there's some first step explosiveness. He's a good athlete. He's fluid. So this is a guy that I'm I'm viewing as can just flat out get to the quarterback. Um, you know, at times, right? Like he he, he operates in spurts, and I believe he left this year with five sacks. I believe I have to look it up um, and see how many sacks he finished the season with. But I believe it was it was five sacks. So with, you you see decent production from him. And I just when I watch him, right, not just the production, I watch how he moves as an athlete. Like I talked about that functional athleticism term, you see that also. So that's another guy that we're talking about sleepers. Like, hey, if if you put him in the right position, this guy has potential to you know to really blow up and 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 make some things happen but dpi i mentioned this already right i kind of want to dive into it a little bit the will anderson conversation will anderson is gone so who's going to replace will anderson as the edge rusher we know uh we don't know maybe will anderson can be in the sleeper term quote unquote or you know some people are aware of who he is but then there's also edge rushers like chris braswell right and i think it's going to be a battle for who it is because who Dallas Turner reminds me of, DP, it's kind of like Isaiah Foskey, right? Where our guy Ryan Fowler kind of made me aware that Isaiah Foskey was 265. I didn't know he was that heavy, right? I thought he was more, you know, 245, 250. But what they kind of ask of, the they ask the same thing of Dallas Turner at Alabama, what they ask Isaiah Foskey. I mean, and this is a guy that turns and runs vertical with running backs out of the backfield on wheel routes, right? He's a fluid athlete. He's smooth. Now, the question is this. That, that power, that tenacity, that Terminator-type mentality, right, that you got from Will Anderson, you don't necessarily get from Dallas Turner. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot more, like I said, athletic, fluid movements, um, winning with some type of finesse in his game. Um, you, you, that's how he's going to beat offensive tackles. Now, the question is, is he going to be able to do that to be able to convert speed to power to not just be a speed rusher? And that's where I would throw in the name Chris Braswell, because this could be a guy to where they, they kind of split reps, right? And you're talking about yeah. one guy having eight sacks and other guy having an eight or nine sack type year. And maybe they're, they're not both top 10 picks, but maybe they're both, you know, second round guys. I don't know. But that I just wanted to bring up that conversation because that's going to be a, that's definitely going to be interesting to see who emerges as that full time guy. And not only just a full time guy to replace Will Anderson, but if Dallas Turner was the starter, right? And Dallas Turner is not a full time guy to start. Then now, who is going to be that secondary guy? You know, to to kind of play and do what what Dallas Turner was doing. So that that's definitely going to be. I want to I throw out those two names, but that's going to be a sleeper situation to see who emerges from there. 
Now, and for me, Keith, I'm going to those Huskies. One guy isn't – I should have brought him up earlier, but I, I didn't jot his name down, so I blanked on him. Braylon Trice, he's definitely a tier two guy for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Super productive, can stand up, can rush, you know, from a, from a three – three, four point stance, uh, good hand usage, you know, technically refined, uh, to, to get to the, to get to the passer and, and work around you at 46 hurries, 15 QB hits, nine sacks uh, on the season last year. Uh, you know, and, and as a guy that you, at times you want to see him continuously break down and, and, and make similar to what we talked about. I think it was with Jared verse, you know, not having those missed tackles, whether in the run game or when you get into the backfield, because to have, you know, again, 46 hurries and pressures, nine sacks. You want to see at least when you got close to 50, you want to see north of 10, right? In terms of conver- conversion to sacks, because all hurries and pressures are are sacks that you didn't com- that you didn't complete, that you didn't finish. So you want to see him finish some of those and just get a just be better. Because I think he could have had a 12, 13 sack season based on the pressures and hurries that he was able to get in, in the Pac-12. They're going to throw the ball a whole lot, so you have a lot of opportunities to continue to add numbers. And with ZTF, Zion, Tupuola, Fatui, this is 6'4", 250, another guy who, you know, he's been – this is going into his sixth year, right? He's been in school since 2018, and he's battled some injuries, right? He's battled some injuries. So it's like for him, I think the injury issue is going to hold him back a little bit going to come on the draft time next year. But this is an opportunity for him where, you know, it's like those with the stock market. All right, is this is, – is this a potential to blow up or a potential to get? I can get a nice return on that I can buy low on. Yes, ZTF is a guy that you can buy low on and get a nice return from as an NFL team. He also is another guy that knows how to get in the backfield, can win with quickness around the edge, uh, use the long arm to uh, to 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 basically keep uh, pass blockers at bay. Uh, a guy I'm, I'm keeping an eye on these two dudes because it's very, I'm of course just an NFL kind of comparison or correlation. What we saw with, with Peyton Manning early in his career, right, he had an offense that could put up points. Then he had Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis on the edge. They were at fourth quarter. Yeah. I got two guys can get in the backfield. Michael Penix has that at Washington. And a lot of quarterbacks can't say that they have two, two good, talented edge rushers. That if, we, if we got you by 10 points in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left on the clock and you got to throw it every down, I got two guys that we can say pin your ears back and go get in. ZTF and Braylon Trice can absolutely do that. Well, DP, edge rushes, baby. From the from the from who is edge one to the sleepers to know we cover them all. And like we say, edge rushers, much like right, the interior offensive line, offensive tackle position, they're gonna be guys that continue to merge. And you know you're gonna tap in here because we're gonna continue to tell you about them, right? And talk to you about these edge rushers, one of the premium positions, only talking about building an NFL roster. DP, we're on the defensive side of the football. So you know I had a good time, right? You know I enjoyed talking on the defensive side of the football, man. A lot of talented guys. Um, we've been going through the theme of 2024 greater than 2023 this one i'm gonna have to put a question mark i gotta see i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to put a question mark to see how i feel about these guys and and, and you know maybe as, as we go in this draft process we'll be able to reveal a, a you know more definitive answer but man i i truly enjoyed that show i want to say thank you to our everyday us for tapping in with us tomorrow dp what are we talking some interior defensive linemen is that that we're going through yeah. the, the big nasty so i i believe lsu has a big six five, three hundred and twenty pound defensive tackle, um, just roaming around the jungle around there, ready to um return from injury and, and dominate some some games next year. So we're gonna have some fun talking about that, man, and, and, and getting into the rest of these interior defensive linemen. 
Oh, oh, absolutely. You know, you talk about your Tiger with, with you know, and your Tiger defensive tackle, and those Clemson Tigers got two really good, two really good guys on there. And this, this is gonna be a Tiger filled show tomorrow. They're gonna be a Tiger filled show for sure. Um, <laughs> but guys, we thank y'all. Uh, man, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube wherever you listen to podcasts. Get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Uh, Monday through Friday, like he said, for being our family and our every single day as we love and appreciate y'all, man. In terms of Twitter, uh, you can find the follow Keith Sanchez at the talent code. Uh, me, Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Talk to us because we do talk back. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked.